welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. We're looking forward to this discussion today. We're going to be diving into a series of discussions uh, over the next few podcasts, and uh, we're not sure how long this is going to go. We're just, David and I are going to just see how it goes, but uh, I've invited my friend David Reno back to um, just talk kid ministry, but we've taken I've taken some questions that I got from some KMC members. And we started talking about, hey, let's do a series. And we had such a good time. He's got a fantastic blog. We'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, you ought to subscribe to it. Um, but we're looking forward to talking about this idea of, of volunteers. Because, again, it's one of those things that creates fear and anxiety in every leader. And as we're as we were recording this, we're rolling still into the fall. It's still kind of rolling out. And. And honestly, you need to talk about volunteers all the time. It's just, let's just be truthful. It's it's something that's an ongoing process. But today we're going to be talking about how do we start right with a volunteer organization and what some of the basics, whether you're a new ministry leader or whether you're a seasoned veteran, um, you're going to get a lot out of this podcast. So David, hey man, welcome back to the KMC. I'm looking forward to this series, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh, you know, especially this volunteer subject, this is a perennial problem, no matter how long <laughs> you've been in Kidman or how big your church is. So don't look yes. at those churches that have thousands of people. And it's like, oh, they don't have volunteer problems. Yes, they do. Yeah. Uh, as, as much, it's just a different problem, but it's still volunteer issues. And so... <laughs> This, uh, uh, people are making fortunes off of how to make volunteers. How to yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's amazing how much, how much ministry leaders are spending on courses related to, or webinars or seminars related to volunteers. In fact, Hey, yeah. I've got one that I'll be launching here shortly. Uh, it's something I've taught to a bunch of leaders and felt like, Hey, I need to put this out there more, but I, Honestly, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Um, right. So yeah. what we're going to say uh, is is what's always been and what will yeah. probably always will be. But um, so let's let's start off. Obviously, we always start with a why question. And, and so uh, let's talk about this idea of why is it important that leaders have a good organization um, that they have some system and structure in place when it comes to building a volunteer culture, a volunteer organization, however you want to say it, um, but one that's healthy. And we'll even yeah. talk about what that looks like, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so what, what's your opinion of that? I think I think what you want to do is you want to create a place that people want to come to because they are giving of their time. They could just like just go to church. Or right. just go to the lake. They they don't have to be there. And they're choosing to be there because of a vision that you've given them, a mission, a passion that God has placed in them, a gifting to them. But you want to create a place where they're going to want to and want, want to come and they want to participate. They want to volunteer in. Uh, and the other thing is, is that if you don't have a healthy culture, if you don't have a place that volunteers want to be in, then uh, you find your place, you'll find that like, 
your ministry will be full of warm bodies mm-hmm. and you're doing most of the work and they're just there so you can maintain room ratios and you're oh, you're just going to burn yeah. yourself out and that's not really what ministry is about uh you yeah. don't want to just have a bunch of warm bodies in there there are sometimes where like it's emergency and you need a warm body in there but you don't want to <laughs> continue to live in that crisis yes yep yeah. yep i think it's important um that as we're talking about this and and as when i'm talking with younger leaders when i'm doing when when somebody jumps into a KMC coach journey with me and we talk about this, why is it important? Because they have to be clear um, why it's important is because biblically you should never be doing ministry alone. Right. right. Um, I just heard uh, John Maxwell say this recently um, about how he's like, you know, leaders will say it's lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. And he started laughing and he said, a leader didn't say that. No leader would ever say it's lonely at the top. Because Uh if you're up at the top and there's nobody with you, you're not a leader. Right. And I was like, boom, drop the mic, John. Yeah. Um, Because if it, why is it important to have a good system and structure? Because you will find yourself on the mountaintop or basically in a classroom by yourself. If you don't have a good system and structure and organization around you, if you don't have a healthy culture, um, one of the things, you know, again, we'll, we'll probably get into this either in this episode or a future one. One of the reasons why people don't want to serve sometimes with lead or other in ministries is because there's an unhealthy culture surrounding it mm-hmm. um, or because that leader has made it all about them instead of uh, making it about the ministry and about the kids. So, yeah, that's kind of my why is I don't want to do ministry alone. I think it's biblically wrong to think about it. It's it's I, I agree with you. I think we we have to make something significant. And if there's not system and structures there, volunteers are going to feel like ah, this just isn't that important to them yeah. or, you know, or they would have something set up. Um, mm-hmm. And so it communicates value if we don't have good organization around us. And we got to stop making excuses for why we're not organized. Um, yeah, I, I used to do that. Um, I, <laughs> I, I've known people that, that say, no, it's like, oh, the, they, they want to be organized and they say, I just got to get organized. But sometimes if they don't actually like define what that organization <laughs> is, they're constantly getting organized, but they never are organized. And so, yeah. the, well, it's shuffling papers, right? You know, yeah. I, I, yeah. they're, they moving papers from one side of the desk to the other and, mm-hmm. oh, I'll re I, I'm organized. I'm getting organized. I'm getting yeah. If you're, if you're constantly changing your systems and, and uh, if you're constantly changing out your systems, then you're never set in one place and you never get to see if the system works. And so you need to like find a system or structure that works for you and then just keep doing the system. Even when you hit an obstacle, just keep plowing through because you got to get through that. You got to get through the newness, through the honeymoon period and see if this works. And some people just like to throw a monkey wrench in there because they like change. And when they make that change, Uh. it, uh, uh, it messes up the whole system and they're self-sabotaging. And so you want to put those systems in place. And we're going to keep doing these systems for a significant amount of time uh, so that we can actually see how this works and get through the bumps. And, and so it can flow through. That's that's good. In fact, that leads us into our the first talking point we want to bat around a little bit is what should a leader have in place or they should consider when they're starting out building or maybe they need to rebuild or mm-hmm. they're still in the I'm getting organized um, phase, 
what should they consider when building? Because you just hit on a big one right there. Um, but let's let's knock this one around just a little bit around the the, the virtual table as we sit here. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I think when you're when you start off with the thing, you don't want to just go around and just like recruit a whole bunch of people. You don't yeah. want to just you don't want to like every parent that comes in and says, "Hey, can you come help me?" Because they're gonna their first question <laughs> is. Okay, well, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Uh, or or they might just, just flat out shoot you down because they think you coming to help them is like you throwing them a room with a book and closing the door and saying bye. So yep. <laughs> yep. you need to understand what you're asking them to do. Yes. Uh, and so I wrote a blog post about a year ago that says these the five steps to building your volunteer structure for growth. And we can link it in the show notes there. And yep. the first step I have there is to find the jobs. You need to figure out what are all the jobs like, like sit down after Sunday morning, like Sunday after church or like Monday morning and write down every single thing that you did and every single thing that someone else did. And then every, every one of those tasks is a job and Mm. every one of those tasks, someone can do that. Someone can do, someone can do that thing. That's, that's really, really good. Yeah. I, I think you know, yeah, recruiting to a why or to a what um, is is huge. Why am I going to do this? And what am I going to do? And what are you expecting of me? Um, And I think if we're going to build a healthy culture, we have to continue to remind them. So as we're building a strategy, we also need to know, how am I going to maintain this? Um, I'm always talking with my coaching leaders about is what you're thinking sustainable? Can you do this for the long haul? And are you willing to tweak it along the way? Um, I think there's some leaders who start building structures. They start building things thinking this is a one size fits all for eternity. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, and honestly, that's some volunteers um, they think, oh, well, if I sign the volunteer commitment, I'm basically stuck here till Jesus comes back. Right. Um, <laughs> and and they're fearful of that. So mm-hmm. I think one of the things that you've got to consider is why you want them to serve, what you want them to do, where do you want them to be, when do you want them to be there, how long are you expecting them to be there? Right. And when you start thinking about those kind of things, um, I think you know, most leaders overlook that because they're already looking at the campaign. You know, they're jumping to the mm-hmm. shiny penny part of it of yeah. let's let's do the glitz and glamour and all the hoopla. And well, you can have all the hoopla and walk away with nothing. Um, yeah. Well, you, you can have your pastor come up and do an entire sermon on the importance of serving in children's ministry and you get 30 people to sign up. But like if you don't know what you're going to get those 30 people to do, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're, you're either a never going to call them. Or if you do call them, they show up, they're going to be like, okay, what do I do? And I was like, oh, well, you just need to stand here in the corner and just make sure they pay attention. They're yeah. like, uh, they're, they're eventually going to leave, especially if they're a high capacity person. If yep. you have teachers or business leaders or own or business owners, if you have, you know, just a parent in there and all you're asking them to do is stand on the side and watch they're not going to stick around long. They're, that's, that's, oh, yeah. you're not asking them to do anything more. So you need to find, okay, what are these jobs that we have to do? And then what can we ask them? And, and then what are, what do we want them to do? Uh, 
we find those jobs and they say, okay, what exactly does that job entail? So like if you're doing check-in, mm, is it, am I just there for the first 15 minutes before service and then I get to go to service? Am I there the whole time to help yeah. latecomers in? Uh, is there, do I help count the offering? Do I help with checkout? What exactly are those things? So find out what those jobs are and That's... and clearly define that, that this is what I'm asking you to do to sit here uh, while while we're doing this. And, and sometimes, sometimes the job is, I need you to stand here and stare at these children and make sure they <laughs> misbehave. Crowd control are incredible people. We need yeah. those people. Yes, but we do. Other jobs out there that you can ask people to do other than just crowd control while you're running around like a, like a chicken with his head cut off. You know, I'm glad you said that. There are times, and I've had people look at me cross-eyed for this. There are mm-hmm. times where you do need to recruit people to be just there to be crowd control. Yeah. Um. They are there to assist and help those small group leaders, really. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a significant role, but we have made it, I think, because of the mentality of we don't want to do child care um, yeah. fear that many leaders forget that, you know what, some of what we do is child care. Mm-hmm. And it's important for us to care about the children and to help them with their discipline. And sometimes we need people that specialize in that, that that's what they're there to do is that's their focus is to keep kids safe, to keep kids in, 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 in focus and to help assist and, and avoid just, you know, pull out distractions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's sometimes kids have a bad day and Mm -hmm. they're just not into it. Right. I mean, I've been there. I mean, there are days I've seen I've seen people in church pull out their phone because they're not paying, they're not vibing with the message. They're right. they're just they're so they tune out and they're they're surfing the net um on their phone, looking like they're on the Bible app, of course. Um right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so if, if if adults have that kind of bad day, don't you think kids are gonna have that restlessness and and maybe they didn't sleep good the night before, or maybe they missed their breakfast mm-hmm. and or maybe they've just got a sin issue in their life and they're just acting out you need somebody that has that significant purpose of saying i'm going to go up to that child and help them you know figure out what's going on in their world and so i think you know that's one of the things that often gets overlooked in when we're building volunteer cultures is who do i really need yeah and and when do i need them you know you and i both have been mentored and coached by jim weidman and one of the things he's always pounded into us is start doing now what you'd be forced to do later. Right. I mean, how many times have you heard him say that to us? Um, And so thinking about, you know, if, if God doubled your ministry next weekend, what would you do? Or like you just said, your pastor stands up on the podium and says, Hey, we've got to have 30 more volunteers uh, in the children's ministry. Um, Go sign up. I can guarantee you, if you don't have the system in place, if you don't understand what you're doing to build a healthy culture and, and you don't have an onboarding process and all those kind of things, mm-hmm. um, they're never going to come back and volunteer again because they don't buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, don't they don't believe that you're ready for them or want them because you're not prepared for them. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think and sometimes this is, this is how you this is how you attract those golden volunteers that you're looking for that that like the ones that just come ready made is that if you have a strong culture and you have the why defined, then those people will not will come to you and be like, hey, I want to come be a part of this. But if you're not ready for them, like God is only going to give you the people that you're prepared for. So if you're not prepared 
for those people, either from a, a you know child numerical number or like from a structure side, you're not going to get those people. Or if they people do come, you're like the person with the with the talent that buried it in the ground. You weren't ready for them. You need to be more like that mm. five to ten person that says, okay, I'm going to take these talents and I'm going to invest them. Uh, and you're going to give you're going to give these people the opportunities to take their talents and invest them instead of just bury it in the ground. I like that. That's good stuff, man. There's some there's some gold here. If people are listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, you, I know you've served at churches of various sizes and and some are in rural places. So, what do you do? What should a leader do if you have to recruit and you don't have a large volunteer group mm. to re- to recruit from? Yeah, um, I've served in some smaller churches. Uh, I've served in some bigger churches that feel like the pool has gotten smaller too. <laughs> Um, especially when you don't know people. So you can oh, yeah. be a new leader so in a hard. big church and not mm-hmm. know people and feel like the pool is a kiddie pool instead of the big giant wave pool at the amusement park. Um, right. So, yeah, this is a common thing um, is what do you do? Well, first of all, you got to know what your numbers are, what you need, what you really need. Sometimes mm-hmm. we think we need more um, because we're trying to match a gold standard. Mm-hmm. Um I always tell leaders, hey, give yourself permission to stop working somebody else's system. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have to work what everybody else is doing. You've got to figure out what you can do, not what you can't. Um, So this is going to freak people out. But yes, I've put one leader in a room Mm -hmm. um, and only one leader in a room Mm -hmm. uh, for an entire class. Why do I do that? How do I do that? Well, I have cameras in the room. Um, I have security outside the rooms. Um, Sometimes that security becomes the second person (laughs) um, and and sits in the room. So there is a second body there. So they're not alone with children. I'm not advocating. So please hear me. I am not Mm -hmm. advocating for being alone with children. But if it's one leader and 10 kids, if a school teacher can do it, we can do it in the church too. I agree. Again, I know the insurance places sometimes want us to have two. I get it. I get it. Uh, again, I'm not. I'm not saying this has to be every week, but there are times where that's where you got to start. Is where what you can do. Yeah. Um, it also may mean that you don't. You know, if you don't have a large pool, you're going to have to change your formatting. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I, I I feel like I'm saying stuff that people are like. Really? I should I, I could I could do that. Yeah, yeah. you should. Um there mm-hmm. are times where if you can't run five small small groups, um, then maybe you only do two and they're big for a while. Mm-hmm. You're running that way for a season, it's okay. Now, again, if you're looking at the actual recruitment and staffing process in a smaller church, you're going to have to build relationships with the other staff. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to t- have a very frank and honest conversation about the pool, mm-hmm. who's in the pool, who can you talk to in the pool, who yeah. are you not going to talk to in the pool. And you're going to have a have to create a spirit of cooperation between the team to say, look, if I have somebody I'm talking to and they're not a good fit to swim in my pool, I'm going to send them to yours. And yeah. if you got somebody that would fit better in my pool, send them my way. Yeah. And I think many small church or smaller church leaders and even big church leaders 
don't build those relationships the way they should. Mm-hmm. Um, I served in a small church, but there we had a youth pastor and a children's pastor on staff. Um, I built that relationship with the youth pastor so that we were swapping volunteers at times. Yeah, He was giving me people that weren't handling the middle school group well, and we brought them down and let them lead fourth and fifth grade, and they were fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, I did it the opposite way. I had some that just weren't fitting with the third, fourth, fifth grade group, and we pushed them up into the middle school ministry, and they rock were rock stars. Yeah. So those would be a couple think, of my big things. What I, do you think? I think on those on the on lo- along those lines that you were saying there is that like I think the youth pastor needs to be your best friend. And, oh yes, uh, especially on the staff side, you know, like maybe, you know, maybe, maybe not like literal best friend, but like you're on the staff that you're the youth past the youth pastor needs to be your best friend. There has been somebody, there has been two churches I've walked into where I walked in and tried to befriend the youth pastor, and the youth pastor was standoffish because they were actually in an adversarial uh, relationship <laughs> with the kids pastor, and that's just not a way to function because we're all in this together. We're all in the yeah. same team. Yeah. And so we have to, we have to work together. The other thing that, that you have to fight against and you have to uh, fight against personally and you have to fight against the other people is this scarcity mindset that if Ooh. I have this person and this person is mine, and then it's like, even though that person has been with you for five years, their kid's been out of your ministry for, ten, for you know, for two of the five, they're ready to move on. And you're just afraid to let them go because whoever I going to let them is like, you got to let them go. I, yeah. I heard someone say this on a podcast that like nature does not work this way. Nature always works in plenty. We You sit outside and you watch the squirrels <laughs> and you watch the birds. They're not starving. They always no. got something to eat. And nope. so God, if you believe that God will provide all your needs according to his riches and glory, he will provide the people yeah. that you need. Not just in the way you, maybe not Preach. in the timing that you want it or the or the way you want it, but God will provide those needs for you. So like hold your people with an open hand mm. uh, and say, and be willing if they're ready to move on to another place, let them go. Uh, or if, you know, and then you need to work with like, when you go, when someone is like, Hey, this person I think would be a good fit for my ministry. You need to go have that conversation with your ministry leader and be prepared when you're having that conversation that they may be in the scarcity mindset. I was like, I'm afraid to let this person go yeah. and be like, Hey, they're, I think they're thinking about coming over to me. Like maybe I can help you find somebody to help you replace this position, help them to kind of push against that fear of like, if you take this person, now I have a hole. And, and mm. so you want to, you want to help them work through that. That's that's good. So you've led teams and been on in, in a position where you're able to have conversations. Give give somebody some tips because I, I think this is also creates a little bit of fear when we're talking about, hey, you should go have these conversations. You should start a conversation on the staff level uh, mm-hmm. about creating a healthy volunteer culture. How do you do it? I mean, do you yeah. have any anything that you could say, here's a couple things if I were in your shoes I would start, this is how I would start a conversation. Yeah. So the first thing I want to do is I want to start a conversation with the youth, with that staff member. I want to start it long before we start having the volunteer conversation, because if I'm going to talk to them about taking some other people uh, or not taking some other, but some other people leaving, leaving their ministry and coming to your ministry, which is mm-hmm. bad nomenclature in, in, together because it's our <laughs> ministry together, but you get the idea. You want to go ahead and have that friendship that, of, of giving and taking. So a lot of times yeah. what I did to help bridge that gap between children and youth is there is that promotion Sunday. 
that there is already a time that's naturally built into your calendar where you two need to work together in the first place. Of yes. I'm saying goodbye to sixth graders and or fifth graders, and you're saying hello to this next age group. And so that just for the sake of the child, that transition needs to go well. And yes. and so that was usually where I started with it was like, okay, let's talk about how this promotion Sunday works with, and let's both of us together work together to come up with a, with an event that's going to help transition these sixth graders uh, into the next area. And I did similarly with the preschool. Preschool was a little different animal because a lot of times it was under my purview and that was a volunteer led. So that was a little bit, that was not as contentious as mm-hmm. it was into the youth ministry in my, <laughs> in my experience. Uh, but you know, you need to focus on the, on the lower end as much as you, as much as you do in the upper end, but that also that event looks better. So like there was one year, uh, I actually, it was my first year at this, at this church and the youth ministry was kind of standoffish about me. They had never really done a promotion thing. And so I actually went to their lock-in and stayed the entire night with the lock-in to help. Wow. Brave soul. With, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a journey. <laughs> so, after I did this, I was like, I don't know if I could keep doing this. I'm getting too yeah. old for this. Oh my <laughs> goodness. What did I do? All right, go ahead. What Sorry. are I doing? Yeah. So I, you know, I was there when the, when those sixth grade parents and, and let me tell you those sixth grade parents, when it's their oldest, when that's their oldest, that's their baby yes. coming in. Oh, it's southern, a huge. Southern accident. That, my baby, my is, baby. Moving, is moving it. And they're just afraid <laughs> that they can't handle it. When they see you as the kids pastor, that you've had a relationship with them for a significant amount of time yeah. and they see that you're there, they're going to be so much safer. And yes. then when that sixth grader is trying to like mesh and spread their wings, they have you, they're like, oh, look, there's, there's my, there's my kid's pastor. He's still here. And so you can kind of help that transition go. So that helps that conversation so that we do come to them. A lot of times when you're talking to them about, okay, this is a person that I could volunteer that might be good in here. You probably have seen them. They either a have come to you and asked you to like, Hey, I think about uh, the volunteers come to you and said, Hey, I'm thinking about coming to work in kids ministry, or like they served in another kids ministry event, like trunk or treat or vacation Bible school. And you saw some giftings there that you might, that might serve you well here. And so you want to go have that conversation with them. But then also you you may have like, Hey, I've had this volunteer. They were here with their kid Mm. uh, and now their kid's moving on. Um, what do you think about them coming up? Do you have a place for them to do similar jobs and similar work over there in youth ministry? Cause they want to move with their kid. Uh, yes. is, I, I explained this to a, a rural ranger commander, which is the simply God version of boy scouts. It's boy scouts with Jesus. <laughs> and, yeah. and I had to, he was getting real mad at this, at this commander that was, or this leader that was moving um, with his kid. The, he, his kid went from one age group to the next. And yeah. I was like, look, you're going to have two different type of two type, two different types of volunteers. You're going to have one volunteer that's just going to love an age group and they're going to be with that age group till kingdom come. They just, that's where they're going to be. Yeah. And the second time you volunteer, you're going to have, they're there for their kid and they're going to work with other kids, but ultimately they're there for their kid. And then there's yes. going to come a time when that kid moves on, they're going to go with their kid because they're there for that kid. And neither one of those is wrong. That's just mm-hmm, the way right? it is. And you just yep. got to let them do it and, yep. and say, okay, this, this is what, what we're going to have to That's do. And good. our best thing we can do is facilitate that process, that transitional process and allow them to move on without feeling shame and guilt of like, you're abandoning me. It's like, no, their kid <laughs> moved on. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really good stuff. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I do think scarcity mindset is a big hindrance to a good, healthy culture in, in the church when it comes mm-hmm. to staffing. And 
you have to battle it in the the, the smaller your church, the more you're going to battle this. It just yeah. it just is. It's um, I you know I've been there. I understand it. Um, that you're going to feel that tension of, gosh, you know, we only have so many people to choose from, and there's only so many people that can serve in children's ministry. And because not everybody can, we get it. No, but even if they have kids, they may not be good with kids. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. So that was some good, that was some seriously good wisdom there. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, I hope you had some good takeaways from this episode. And listen, y'all, we're get David and I are going to get together. We're going to be recording a several series from our Healthy Teams, Healthy Leaders, Healthy Ministries series. Um, you're not going to want to miss these. So make sure you subscribe. Um, but hey, if you had a, a, a takeaway from this episode, share it in the Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group where you see this post about the, the podcast. Um, do that. Um, if you want to find our podcast, you can find it on any listening app um, or you can just go to kidsministrycollective.com, hit the podcast page, and uh, we've got them all there, even the back episodes. All the show notes are there, so you can find all the links that we've mentioned, including Dave, links to David's blog. I would inc- highly recommend you subscribe to that so you don't miss any of his uh, posts because he's regular on it. Um, you can find him in the KMC Facebook group, too. So that's another reason to join our Facebook group because uh, yeah. he posts them there every Friday. Um, he's regular like rain, um, or whatever <laughs> they say. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. It <laughs> is. It's you're better at it than I am. I, I don't blog enough like I used to, but it's coming back. Yeah. It's coming back. You're getting there, Tom. You get, we're there. getting you there one, one thing at a time. So, yeah. All right. My friend, thanks for joining me on this episode. I appreciate it. It's been you. a pleasure. Yeah. All right. That's going to wrap up this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective podcast. Again, my name is Tom Bump. If I can serve you in any way, uh, again, message me. Um, reach out on Facebook. Uh, go to our, our our website. You can hit up a cl- uh, clarity call. Uh, if you need some coaching, if you need some help on this, uh, feel free to reach out to David or to me. Um, we would be glad to assist you. So God bless you. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.